Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, we're live? We started already? Oh, yeah. Oh. Welcome, welcome into the next episode of the Believe in Monsters podcast. Nobody told me we were live in here, but we're back for another episode. Uh, back and better than ever for another, another episode of the Believe in Monsters podcast, part of the Lounge Room Network, presented by One Call Technology. I'm uh, Joe Gaither. Follow me at Twitter on uh, at Joe Gaither6. Follow my friend Luke Barry. On the Twitter machine at Luke at Elberry underscore forty and Chris Krogman is still in his temporary role, but we're, we're moving him into a permanent residency in the Believe in Monsters podcast. Chris Krogman, follow him on the Twitter at Shy Bears nineteen eighty five, the year his firstborn was born. And so uh, we're excited tonight. We got a fun episode last week. We talked about the offense and uh, got into some depth chart discussions, and we're right on the precipice of training camp. Uh, so we're excited to, uh, to 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 get into some defense tonight. We're going to get into some defensive depth charts and hit on some he- some headlines. Uh, two kind of one bigger than the other, obviously. Uh, big stories around uh, the Chicago Bears outside of the defensive depth chart that we can get into. And actually, I'd like to start here if we can, guys. Is Anthony Bleepin Miller is gone to Houston? So Luke, tell us how you been, man, and start us right there with Anthony Miller. Yeah, I mean, one, I'm doing awesome. All right, I'm doing awesome. Two, we we talked about this last week. I mean, this is, I mean, almost perfect timing. We just talked about the Bears depth chart around Anthony Miller, you know, where he stands on his team, and then boom, he gets traded, uh, you know, a few days after a podcast drop. So a uh, really interesting discussion we'll get into here about Miller. Uh, first, I'm going to kick it over to my man, Chris. Chris, how you doing over there on the uh, West Coast or Western Coast compared to us? We are. I am doing fantastic, Lucas. Thank you for asking, my friend. I am getting so excited for this season. Camp check-ins starting today. Practice is starting tomorrow. Uh, it's almost football season, and my adrenaline is fired up. Obviously, we had the other news from that team up north, so there's been a lot of chitter-chatter on the old Twitterverse about uh, Bears, Packers, and what that means with that guy coming back. Uh, but I'm doing awesome, man. Uh, the Miller news is not surprising to me. End of the day. Are you surprised we got a fifth back? I mean, I know you weren't. I know either of you aren't the biggest Anthony Miller fans, but uh, a fifth. I mean, when they when you saw late round pick swaps, is that what you're expecting, or were you expecting less or more? Or what What did you guys think? I was happy with the fifth. I, you know, somebody said on Twitter that they didn't want to give up picks, even if it was a seventh. Well, at the end of the day, you're basically, you know, taking a seventh and moving all the way up to the fifth, and all it cost you was a guy who you were probably going to cut anyway. When you look back at the timeline of, you know, what happened last year with Miller, 
what McCaskey actually said about him in the offseason that he wasn't super happy with his maturity. Uh, he didn't call out Miller specifically, but he said when you have guys on the field hitting other players or, or whatever, it's, it's not a good look. So you look back at that stuff, and it, it's not surprising that he was on his way out. They basically publicly made him available for the last two months, and to get something out of him uh, was, was fantastic. Uh, a fifth for a seventh plus Miller that you were probably going to drop anyway. Yeah, great. Awesome. Gimme, gimme. Yeah, and that's that's a fifth from a very bad, uh, what we expect to be a very bad Texans team this year. So basically, you know, you're in that kind of that comp territory in the fourth round trickling into the fifth where, you know, that top end fifth, we've seen Ryan Pace kind of work his magic there before. So, um, you know, this could be a huge value for the Chicago Bears in, in the long run, especially how Ryan Pace operates. And I thought part of the irony of this is you know you see some of these you know these uh draft folks on twitter they're always complaining about you know ryan pace's draft misses and and his lack of um draft picks he trades them all away right yet this happens and they're still unhappy because they're like oh ryan pace messed up the pick he dressed anthony miller in the second round like you can't have it both ways you doofuses like He's finally doing what you want. You can't criticize the man for that. And uh, I'm going to kick this over to Joe. Joe, how do you feel about this? I'm sorry. I'm getting a little heated here. There's certain people on Twitter that make me fed up because they can't make up their damn mind on what they want. Uh, I like the heat, Lucas. I, li- I like the heat. And uh, as far as the move, I'm not in love with it because I've always really seen, oh, Anthony Miller, this guy's got a lot of potential. He pops off the screen with his athleticism. Uh, always getting open now whether he was running the right route or not or able to keep it confined w- within the whistle or not uh that was you know that obviously had some issues about some, some of that uh so you know it makes sense that uh we would get rid of him and chris is exactly right uh that you know if you're gonna cu- end up probably cutting them anyways which you probably were we, we talked last week about the loaded wide receiver uh room you know to get a fifth round pick sure great you know roll tide we'll see if he can uh get get his career together back with uh i guess who's uh who's the back who's the, not not deshaun watson yeah, they have uh tara taylor is that who they end up getting uh mm. to, to play quarterback for the houston texans so we'll see if he can figure out some chemistry with houston you know they, they need wider they need wide receiver help they got rid of uh they got rid of will fuller or they let him walk uh, so they're going to need some help. Then maybe maybe that's a place that Anthony Miller will revive his career. I feel like kind of bummy because it's like oh, a wasted potential, uh, a guy who couldn't really put it together. Because if he does go somewhere else and and you know figures it all out, figures out how to grow up a little bit, then I think we might be a little bummed out. But you know the chances of that are probably pretty low uh, based on what we've seen over the last three years with him. Uh, so, you know, you use that sample size to project forward that he probably won't put it all together. He probably will end up still having some issues off the field. He probably will have, you know, communication issues with his quarterback and discipline issues, you know, uh, running off, jumping off sides, things like that of that nature. So ultimately getting the fifth back is great. And Luke, like you said, uh, that's a place where Ryan Pace has really done well in the past. Uh, so uh, all, all in all, I think it's a good move. I just want to play devil's advocate here real quick. Now, my issue has never been getting rid of Miller. It has always been that 
I just think that the Goodwin and um, Bird signings are both kind of redundant with each other. I mean, I think they both bring the same kind of skill set to the table, and now you just have two kind of pure speed guys out there competing for your wide receiver three. I mean, let's face it. If Darnell Mooney doesn't develop like the Bears want to, this wide receiver room is looking really bleak, the future of it. I mean, things aren't looking good with A-Rob. You know, just devil's advocate here. If he walks, who the hell are you left with in the Chicago receiver room? They're going to have to completely redo this in the next couple of years. I mean, Chris, what do you think about that? I mean, we talked about this before, but now that Miller's gone, it, it really does kind of just open your eyes. It's like A-Rob and Mooney are your two guys. A-Rob looks like he might be on his way out. And we're just banking on Mooney becoming really, really good. But who knows? Who knows if he takes that next step? It's not guaranteed. Definitely not. I, I'm i thinking about 2021. I'm not thinking about beyond yet. Uh, I want to focus on this year. Not get – I mean, we're not even in camp yet. And we're talking about, you know, A-Rob walking a year from now, which we don't even know if that's going to happen. We've seen some uh, monumental changes uh, in – other teams where we thought hey this guy's never coming back and sure enough he's back for another year uh so you never know what's going to happen in the next season a rob could change his tune justin fields could come in be his best friend he could be the best quarterback he's ever played with and alan's going to be like i can't leave no matter what give me a dollar and i'll play here obviously not going to happen but still lots can change in a year uh, I'd like to go back and touch on something you said a minute ago about no, you no, know we're already moved on <laughs> no Absolutely not. I'm going to touch on the second round value of Anthony Miller and, you know, draft picks and draft the draft in general is a crapshoot, right? Guys are talented. You know, Jamarcus Russell was the number one pick overall could throw 50 yards from his knees. Everybody thought he was the Jesus. Well, guess what? He wasn't. And, you know, there was another guy. I can't even remember his name. The same year as uh, Peyton Manning. Uh, quarterback for the Chargers, and uh, he turned out to be Ryan a head case. Ryan Leaf, and he turned out to be a head case. Thank God the man has turned it around. He got his life together. He's a really good person now, apparently. I don't know him personally, but that's not that's beside the point. The draft's a crapshoot. Miller was a second rounder. Yeah, he's super talented. We traded up to get him. Everybody in their mother, when we did it, thought it was a phenomenal move. I remember that draft like it was yesterday. I remember watching it. I remember people just going nuts about how good a draft we had up until that point. And Miller was just a, a phenomenal pick. So, you know, you make moves to get elite talent. You don't, you know, just rack up all these draft picks and talk about how many bullets you have in the chamber and, Talk about, oh, you know, it's it gives you a better chance to not miss if you have all these extra picks. Great. Half of them are going to miss anyway, if not more so. And then you're going to bitch and moan about how, you know, you didn't get the elite talent in the first or second round. And you just kept trading down and trading down, which I'm also fine with. I enjoy extra picks as well. I see the, the idea. But, you know, kind of have some balance here with those, you know, these draft capital people. It's a balance. You, you see a guy you like, you move up, you get him. You're going to tell me you weren't going to move up for Justin Fields now? I mean, it's the same thing. So back the whole draft capital truck up, and let's just enjoy this season. As far as the wide receiver room goes, they just signed Justin Hardy today and some other guy, and it, it'll be fine. Uh, Goodwin and Demir Bird were outperforming Miller in OTAs already. Uh, are they one-trick ponies? I don't know. 
uh is tyree kill a one-trick pony kind of it's a pretty cool trick though uh he, so he's, he's a he's a much better route runner than people give him credit for for sure i mean he's called the cheetah he's not called the route runner yeah but he is a good route runner so that's the thing people is he that's though it's what, what yeah that's why people i think people sometimes dissociate people who are really fast with being good route runners but i can vouch and say that i think tyree kills extra good route runner but i mean when you have we'll that see. amount of speed it, running routes becomes a lot easier breaking ankles yeah. becomes a lot easier because people are so afraid of your speed that you know stopping on a dime he has the um, the athleticism of that man is insane so he can stop on a dime he can come back you know routes look much better he looks much more open because he has that much speed so it, it does come down to to the breakneck speed with Mil or with hill and uh him being a good route runner, I think really, really relies on that. Is he a technician? I, I don't know enough. I don't watch enough tape. I'm not that guy. I'm not the grinder uh, out there, you know, watching Tyreek Hill run routes and, and make a big deal about it. But I think Bird and uh, Goodwin, one of the two will end up being here uh, starting, obviously, this year and potentially long term. I am interested about Bird. I mean, he had 600 receiving yards on a, just a terrible passing offense last year in New England. I mean, Cam Newton, I think he threw like 12 touchdowns last year. No, not even. I don't even. He might have only had eight or nine or something like that. There, Tom Brady threw more touchdowns in the playoffs than Cam Newton threw all season. Uh, but regardless, Bird had 600 yards over there. So um, I'm definitely interested about that acquisition and what he brings to the Bears. But, uh, you know, we talked about this before. So. Uh, let's just shift right over to another the other biggest topic in the NFC North, and I'm going to kick it over to Joe. Uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers signed. I mean, we all kind of – I think we all on this show said this is bound to happen. We don't want it to happen. It's uh, it's bound to happen, but the longer this goes on, kind of the more chance there wasn't of him playing. And it seems like he reached an agreement with Green Bay where it sounds like it's not finalized yet, but – uh, Green Bay is going to give him they're going to avoid his 2023 uh, contract year and then they're going to make 2022 they're going to give him the ability to request a trade to wherever he wants which I have no idea how that works uh, logistically because obviously if a team knows that Rodgers once requested their team they're going to give you absolutely nothing so I don't know how that logistically will work but Joe uh, what do you make of this and in my opinion I don't really think this affects the bears that much this year besides if you bet on the division odds but joe i'll let you take it away yeah i think that uh you know like we i think we all were on agreement last, last week that it was bound to happen but he, he, here's where you know i'm gonna go kind of crazy bears fan here and, and kind of make the anthony miller trade twisted in my head uh one, one of the things i saw from trey wingo no less uh, was that aaron Rodgers uh would only come back to the packers if they could acquire randall cobb uh which is an odd request but we all remember the reports of uh, him being upset about jake kumaro being, being being cut without his uh without his i guess input uh per se and, and if uh if the stipulation is i gotta get my man randall cobb back uh the bears just made it real easy at least schematically at least from a from, from a, a functional standpoint uh for the, for the texans to go ahead and get rid of randall cobb because we just gave a little a younger slot receiver uh, you know to kind of fill that role now that's silly that's nuts but uh I, I, for, for for rogers he's gonna want the 
he's wanting control. He's not wanting more money. He's wanting control. He's wanting input. Uh, so maybe the Randall Cobb thing is real. Uh, Trey Wingo, you know, NFL Live, ESPN guy, and I'm not on with ESPN anymore, but, you know, he's plugged into the league. Uh, it, it, who knows? What do you think? We, he, he tried to get his call his man Jordy and say, "Come on, let, we, we, let's run one more one more year together." So Jordy, Jay Kumaro, and Randall Cobb uh, all back in Green Bay to to play with Aaron Rodgers. I think it just proves how odd and how strange Aaron Rodgers is as a as a guy. Like you know, oh, I'm I'm only coming back if you sign my washed wide receiver back, or if you trade for my washed wide receiver. Uh, I, I just think it shows how. And maybe this is my Bears glasses, but how egotistical Aaron Rodgers is and how just uh, almost just a, a point of oddity, just like, oh, I have to have these these guys. You know, we, we, we've all seen where Randall Cobb's been over the last two or three, you know, two years, really. Is that really what will get get you back in in Green Bay? I don't I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I, I just think it shows how strange Aaron Aaron is. You know, coming back, we're gonna work it out. I'm, I'm back on day one and and acting kind of like nothing's ever happened. Uh, he's just a strange guy. Yeah. So to follow up on what you just said, I totally agree. I mean, you know, you hear these weird reports. I I don't honestly know what goes on between Aaron Rodgers and his family, you know, if they have a rocky relationship, whatever. But certain guys are just wired differently. I mean, Rodgers, you know, ego is a big thing, part of his game and control, obviously. And some people that's, you know, that's how they get their enjoyment out of things. And that's what they seek in life. So if he's that type of guy, that's, that's what he got. And the whole world was looking at him for basically the whole summer. Uh, so he got what he wanted there, but um, I want to kick this over to Chris. So, Obviously, I live here in Boston. The big topic here for the past over the past year has been how Bill Belichick basically told Tom Brady, you know, there's the door, you're old and washed, whatever, get lost. And he goes and wins the Super Bowl in Tampa, blah, blah, blah. How much does the Tom Brady situation that happened where the Pats just had to let him walk out the door for nothing impact what basically what the Packers did with Rodgers and how it might impact a future trade with Rodgers next year? Do you understand what I'm asking? Yeah, I don't know. Do I think Rogers like wait or thought about that in in the in this grand scope of things, or do I think the Packers thought about that? Is that what you're asking? Oh, yeah, and I'm just asking, like, how do you think that just kind of impacted the whole situation between Rogers thinking and and the Packers thinking? I mean, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I think Rogers wants to have that legacy you know he wants to have that um be remembered as the goat uh but he'll never he'll never touch brady uh do you think he do you think he wants to play in green bay this year or do you think he just kind of signed off on that to uh get it over with so he can move on next year that's a fantastic question i thought about this a little bit today like what if this all just blows up in their face i mean what if like you know, he went 48 and five touchdown to TD or touchdowns to interceptions last year. What if he just says, ah, screw it. I'm just going to suck this year and play meh, you know, mediocre. Or, you know, what if he just doesn't have that great a year and they're in they're Okay. Or God forbid, you know, something happens with his health. Uh, he is 39 or whatever, 38, 39. Uh, 
and the whole Randall Cobb thing is a total troll job. He just he 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 doesn't care if Randall Cobb comes back or not. Maybe he wants to get the band back together. Maybe Jordy Nelson comes out of retirement. Shit, I don't know. It seems so but, strange. Like, it's just weird, right? I mean, he wasn't – if they said, no, we're not going to bring back Randall Cobb, or if the Texans were like, okay, cool, we need a second rounder for Randall Cobb, I don't think the Packers are doing it. They're, I mean, they're going to be like, all right, Aaron, listen, we love you, but come on, man, be, let's be reasonable. We want you back. We need you back, so on and so forth. But they are essentially setting themselves up for Super Bowl or bust. They – they if they do not win the Super Bowl this year, it, it Green Bay is going to look really distraught in 2022, uh, and they are more than obviously showing their hand that Jordan Love either is not ready or is not it. Uh, so I don't know how I much. Know, the, I, don't, I don't know that that's the case because even if he it was ready. You know, you're going to turn away a Hall of Famer. You're going to turn away, you, you know, you're going to turn away a, probably one of the most talented quarterbacks we've ever seen. Like, I, don't, I don't know. For, for what, though? I mean, for what? So let's say, let's say, you know, you think Jordan Love is ready, right? If you think he's ready today on July 27th, I hope you thought he was ready three months ago on draft night when the Broncos were ready to give you everything for Rodgers. So now what you're, you're, you could have had potentially three, maybe even four first rounders. I think on draft night, you can, you can go up to four first round picks plus other picks and maybe players for one more year. You're giving up all of that for one more year because it, it, you're, that, that, that to me tells me Jordan Love's not ready. If Jordan Love was ready or even close, you got to be prepared to move on and just get all of that, you know, capital capital back for Rodgers. And I know we just talked about the draft capital isn't everything, but it's a, it's a gray area right there. With a 39-year-old quarterback, yes, he's a Hall of Famer, but he he he's now out. He said, "I'm out. One year and I'm done." And at that time, they didn't even know if they could get him back at all. So if you really thought Jordan Love was close, you would have pulled that trigger. Well, that's what I was saying, too. Like, if you know that he has this clause on his contract that basically says he can dictate where he wants to go, that, in theory, lowers his trade value, right? Like, if the guy wants traded, you are not you don't have to give up three first-round picks from you know he's going to want out or he's going to ask to be released or something like that. Like, so, yeah, you're right. It's, it's really setting up for them to be Super Bowl or bust. And, I mean... Uh, you know, Packers fans will disagree with me, but uh, outside of Rodgers, I mean, if you replace Rodgers with a mediocre QB, does that team really scare you that much? Their defense is pretty solid. They're solid. Yeah, no, they're solid. Their second, their secondary is probably the best in the North. They have, they have Devontae Adams. They have Aaron Jones. They have a pretty good line. I mean, but without Rodgers, I mean, does that team really scare you if the packers want to go all in and then i don't know i the other thing you know some packer fans are saying that teams are gonna load up with assets to try to acquire rogers next year and i'm kind of with you luke like i just don't see it i mean 
again, what if, you know, what if something happens this year where he's just not it, you know, or there's a big decline, you know, and I, and I know Brady was phenomenal and he's, he's a couple of years older than Rogers. And I'm not saying Rogers arm is going to fall off or anything like that, but you're taking a risk uh, by not getting the assets now. And if you think you're going to get a bunch of assets next year, I mean, you might, but it's going to be a lot less than you would have got this year. That's for sure. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's move right into the uh, backdoor Chicago bears. Enough talk about, you know, Anthony Miller and Rogers guys who aren't even on a team anymore. And let's focus on this defense. I mean, what, you know, this is, this is going to be a huge year under Sean Desai. We're going to see, you know, what this defense is made of, Uh, you know, really, I think, the Bears might have two to three years of, I would say, above average defense before they're really going to start seeing a ton of overhaul and a lot of these players are going to start seeing it next year. Um, but I would say two to three years, it's like maybe this core group of guys they've had for a few years now um, before we're going to see some completely new faces. Um, let's let's dive right into some of the camp battles. I mean, Chris, you and I talked about this earlier. This Bears D-line, uh, strong, strong starters, but the backups – not much to be afraid of. I mean, you got Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Bilal Nichols, probably penciled in there as your three uh, down linemen, at least to start. And then their backups, you have Angelo Black, Blackson, uh, Mike Pennell, Mario Edwards Jr., and Kyrus Tonga. So, like, I mean, what do you guys make of this? There's not much depth there. And, and something I'm really big on in the NFL is having that rotating D-line where, like, three guys at a time go in there. They'll play two series. Then three new guys will come in and play another series or two just keep rotating, keep them guys fresh. I mean, what do you guys think of uh, the Bears backups here? Ooh, you're hitting it. I, I'm, I'm looking at this depth chart, not only on the, on the defensive front, but, oh, really, throughout the defense, that se- the, the second wave guys are a bunch of guys that are not really that uh, well-known or, or impressive to me. Uh, and, and Luke, I think you're right. I think that it's important to be able to attack offensive lines uh, relentlessly uh, that, that can be an area where you can really, you know, wear down and, and make an impact on the game. I'm excited to have Eddie Goldman back. The report is that he that he did show up to camp uh, a little bit earlier today, uh, thankfully. Um, so, but yeah, the, we we got to pray for some health. Pray for pray for uh, longevity up on the front uh, from on the defensive front. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this uh, this depth isn't great. Uh, the Mike Pennell signing, I know a lot of people were fairly, you know, happy with that. I mean, they, I, I don't, I didn't watch a lot of Chiefs, so I don't remember him making. He's just plays. a big fat guy in the middle. That's what he is. I mean, big fat blocker. guys in the middle are, are what you need uh, in a three-four, you know, two-gap defense. Uh, you're uh, you're really relying on Akeem Hicks to put one more really great year together yeah. along with uh goldman obviously like i i love me some Bilal nichols i think he's a he's a good up-and-coming kid hopefully we'll see him get extended uh this year uh but i have not i am not aware of who angelo blackson is or uh you know lakale london or daniel archibong whoo Sam Kamara, uh, these are all cut guys, I mean, in my opinion. Uh, the rotation is you know, Hicks, Goldman, Nichols, uh, Edwards, Pennell, and and you'll get some Tonga. But uh, historically, they've had 
six guys that can that can rotate in and out you know we're down rh we're down uh mike or uh brent urban so uh they need the Krogman. yeah the the krogman is not uh in shape to be playing d-line anymore uh that's been a long time but we have seen you know pace bring in some guys that can fill these roles in the past he did it last year with daniel mccullers where he you know gave away something cheap sixth seventh rounder and got him or signed him i can't even remember and he you know for from what i heard from steelers fans is mccullers wasn't your uh you know wasn't a world beater uh didn't work real hard was the was the rumor i heard uh but i saw that guy push some people back last year we didn't bring him back so obviously he wasn't that impressive but uh you know it's still early in the year we're still uh heading into camps where people could get cut we could see an addition here or there on the d line uh but going back to the original question there is not a lot of a lot of depth to this group behind the uh the front three no but i you know the one guy i do want to look out for again is obviously mario edwards kind of had a little career revival here last year uh, would be awesome to see him keep that up again this year. And then, I like we mentioned, um, kind of the Mike Pennells and the Angelo Blacksons of the world. Don't know too much about them, but they're going to need to contribute, at least in a small manner. I mean, I hate to admit, I mean, just got like, the Bears have always had a really good kind of revolving door. I mean, the Bears are going to miss Brent Urban this year, man. That guy was really good in that kind of utility role that he played. When he, whenever he was on the field, I feel like he made one big play game where I'm like, there's Brent Urban again. He would do his little air guitar. Like, the Bears need that. Who's going to be that guy this year? Is it going to be Angela Blackson? I I couldn't tell you. I don't know. So, I, this depth up front is scary, especially with kind of the decline we've seen in Hicks the past two years. So, a uh, little bit worried about the big men up front there. Well, can, we put, uh, can we put some pounds on you and send you up there to play D-line? D- I have been gaining some uh, quarantine weight that I need now need to shed, but uh, we'll, uh, I don't we'll think... have Ryan Pace give you a call. Perfect. Oof. Man, Blackson is not a big person. He's only 6'2", 275. That is a that is a small small D lineman right there. Isn't that like? like... No, that's Sam Kamara. Sorry, hold on. Uh, no, no, I remember Sam Kamara. Blackson's <laughs> like much bigger than that. He's 6'4", 319, and he is a free agent from the Cardinals. He has NFL snaps. Uh, he played, you know, in the rotation over there. Uh, wasn't terrible, but he wasn't phenomenal. So maybe he'll be, you know, maybe he's one of these guys that, you know, has a – has a revival here he's only 28 uh he had 24 tackles last year two and a half sacks uh 15 solo tackles so his biggest problem is he went to auburn that's not a problem well you're the last auburn tiger we had uh was a pretty big problem <laughs> you say salty about auburn tigers joe uh, only when they double you guys have been upright Y'all have owned them for so long. Stop being so salty. 
Only when they double doink kicks off off, off uprights to eliminate us out of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a tough time. I don't want to talk about it. Um, but we don't so, need any more of their kind on our football team. He going into line, Angela Blackson, you need to do some re- redemption this year. <laughs> Avenger linebackers. <laughs> Avenger boy Cody Parkey. Exactly. Well, what I was going to say is the it looks like the depth the Bears brought in at linebacker, specifically behind their edge rushers. Um, there's kind of a lot of untapped talent there, I would say. Uh, I mean, obviously you have Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn, who we hope will show us something this year. You know, obviously, I I don't like to be as hard on Robert Quinn as some others. I mean, yes, Ryan Pace paid him a shit ton of money uh, to get us a ton of sacks, and he didn't do any of that. However, draw foot is a, it's a serious injury, and most guys wouldn't even play through that, so... I don't take it out on much as Robert Quinn as I do Ryan Pace for making that signing. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about that. You might be passionate about it. You might hate Robert Quinn's guts. But for me, I think it's unfair to say that it's Robert Quinn's fault. So the frustrating thing for me is how do you not how do you not know that injury exists? You know, going into the season. How do you not do your legwork or I don't know what the process is about, you know, signing free agents, but I mean, I would think you would do a physical on him and drop foot or, you know, my understanding is actually I've seen it happen in a UFC ring where a guy got kicked in the back of the leg and it essentially created it on in the fight and he couldn't stand up on it. He couldn't even stand on it. I mean, his leg was basically collapsing underneath him. So if that's what you're dealing with, I, you know, I, I don't really blame Quinn, uh, but I do kind of fault Pace and the medical staff for not catching that or, or, or whatever is going on there. Plus, now I think he's got a back thing, and it just seems like he's breaking down left and right. I hope I hope we can see the Robert Quinn of a few years ago because he was historically one of my favorite pass rushers. The guy he's knows how to been. get to the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, he's always been like that since his days on the Rams. I mean, that do you remember who else was on that? That Rams D line was disgusting. They had Robert Quinn and um, who else? They had, they had Brockers, Michael Brockers. That was when he was. Yeah, Brockers was insane then too. Uh, I think they had James Laurinaitis there in the playing middle linebacker. I, I love that Rams defense. They were freaking sick. Uh, but Joe, uh, let's let's talk about some of this depth we brought in. I mean, behind Mac we have Jeremiah Tachu who. For those of you who don't know, I mean, he was in Denver last year. He had five sacks. I think that's a solid pickup for the Bears. It's some great depth. This is a guy who is he's waiting for a breakout, and the Bears didn't really have to pay him a ton of money to bring him here. So he'll definitely play some meaningful snaps. And then obviously you have um, Travis Gibson, who was a rookie. We didn't see too much of him last year. And then Charles Snowden, who we brought in as a UDFA this year. But many of uh, Bears' Twitter community say this is – uh, this is probably the Bears' best UDFA and has the best shot to make the roster. Um, I mean, Joe, what do you what are you thinking behind that that depth of unproven guys, but with a lot of upside? Well, I, I mean, I like that. I, I like what uh, uh, I always struggle pronouncing it. Jeremiah Atachu. Uh, I, I think that he can be a good player. He's been a rotational player before. He's been in the league for you know, what six, seven years. Uh, yeah, since twenty fourteen. 
Right. Uh, so I, I, I think that he's the kind of player that if Robert Quinn ends up uh, disappointing or breaking down, uh, can, can step into that role and kind of uh, kind of fill some of those snaps, uh, for, 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 uh, set that edge for us. I'm, I, I like that we brought back James Vodders. I know that, you know, coming from CFL guy, you've kind of been in the system for a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, un, an undersized guy, but I've liked what he has done in the past for the Bears. I mean, I, I like I like what we have in the linebacker room. I, obviously, Mac the crown jewel, uh, Mac and Roquan the crown the crown jewel. But but as as a whole, you know, you talk about guys you brought in in the inside, bringing back Christian Jones from Detroit, uh, played here for 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 a couple of years out of Florida State. I, I think that you know. Ryan Pace has kind of set up this 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 area of the defense. Uh, while we just lamented the lack of depth on the defensive line, I think the uh, edge rushers and the and the interior linebackers do do have a pretty good little uh, little group of guys. So, Itachi essentially replaces Barkevius Mingo. Is that about right? I mean, yes. I think he's probably better than Mingo. Ah, man, I, you know, I like Bark Mingo, Kiki. He, uh, he played good special teams. He filled in a lot for Mac. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't bring the noise. He's not a, a, a premier pass rusher like the Browns drafted him to be, but I think he, you know, could set the edge. He did okay against the run, but, uh, you know, if Atachu's better, that's fine. I mean, it's not, it's a backup outside linebacker. It's no big deal. Uh, the guy I'm really excited to see is Travis Gibson. His, uh, the rumor out of camp is that he's put on some weight. He's looking bigger, looking better. Uh, hopefully he, hopefully he can, he can make some noise, uh, in the, in the pass rush game. I hope, you know, Khalil Mack takes these guys under his wing. Uh, the other kind of rumor I had is that he had taken Charles Snowden off to the side. And, you know, every time I hear Snowden, I just think of the, the Russian Edward Snowden, Edward Snowden. Yeah. Hero. Yeah. American hero, the whole, uh, whistleblower. So I'm going to, every time I see Charles Snowden, I'm going to be blowing whistles. He's getting sacks. That's what's up. Uh, but this outside linebacker crew, it really does rely on Robert Quinn, you know, making some noise. Uh, Vodders is is a is a piece. He's gonna play special teams. He's gonna he's gonna fill in where he can. Uh, it's another who's that other guy we had? Uh, I can never remember his name. It's probably because he didn't do much. Uh, but Ladarius Mack is still on the on the roster. I don't know if he was on the practice squad all year last year. But man, you. Khalil's little brother, he can make some noise. Pro- probably not. Probably not. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to make the roster. But uh, probably not. I, to me, out of this whole group, Charles Snowden really intrigues me. Um, he has this very unique skill set. He he almost reminds me of like an undrafted Leonard Floyd. Like he does everything well, but he's not really like a pure pass rusher. Like. He's really long and lanky. He's good in coverage. So this is a guy who I think can see the field as an undrafted rookie. I think he'll make the team, and I think he could see the field and play some decent snaps for the Bears this year in that kind of hybrid role, especially if Quinn is still kind of hurt. I mean, that I don't think Bears fans appreciated Leonard Floyd enough when he was here for what he did. I mean, it's kind of like a thankless role to drop out, you know, drop back in coverage as an outside linebacker and be able to cover, you know, running backs in the flats and – and things of that nature. So 
in my opinion, I think Charles Snowden is one of my uh, kind of players to watch going into camp and this season. I think he'll play some meaningful snaps for this team. I don't know how much you guys know about him or what you think, but that is uh, personally my guy out of this group that I think people should look out for. I don't know a whole lot about him. He does have the same body type as Leonard Floyd. And I think the, you know, the, the disappointment with Floyd is when you take a, an outside linebacker in the top 10, you expect him to be a pass rusher. You know, you're looking for a Khalil Mack. You're looking for a Christian Jones. The Rams um, got that this year. Well, they also took uh, the defensive coordinator from us. Uh, God, Staley. I remember nobody's Brandon name. Staley. I remember Brandon Staley's name. Thank you. Uh, but, yeah, no, yeah, they got it out of him, whatever. I mean, you also have Aaron Donald on that line, uh, which, you know, that kind of helps. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Snowden, Snowden is 6'7", 240, so he's got that really tall, lanky build that NFL teams drool over because you can just – you could do so much with that body type to put some weight on there and just make, like, a specimen. I'm pretty sure he got hurt or something happened in his last year of college, and that's why he was undrafted. He was – he was going to be like a mid-round pick originally. I, I don't know the full story, but um, again, without beating the dead horse, I just think that's a guy uh, Bears fans should look out for, um, and, and we should keep an eye on here on the uh, Believe in Monsters podcast, which is sponsored here uh, by One Call Technology. Nice. So moving right along, I mean, we, we kind of alluded to him. Now let's go to the middle guys. we got Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, Josh Woods, Iggy, because I can't pronounce his name. I cannot pronounce his last name. I'm not going to butcher it. Um, And then you have Austin uh, Calitro, Caleb Johnson, as your third and fourth string linebackers, two guys I have never heard of in my life. So, um, what do you, again, this is another room. I don't think there's not a lot of depth there. I don't really trust Iggy or Josh Woods to play meaningful snaps this year. And Trevathan is on the downswing. I mean, yikes. Yeah, but I think Christian Jones can play that meaningful snap role if Trevathan uh, goes down. And, and and while I don't think Josh Woods is ready for a full-time role, I think he's shown that he can play in spurts, in little spurts. Uh, but Iggy, uh, as much as I'd like to see uh, him keep, uh, him grow into a larger role, he's a special teams guy. Uh, he's not really going to... It might, he, he's, he's not if we're having to put him out there as a, as a full-time guy due to injury uh, or availability issues I think we'll be uh, not happy with the results uh, but but I think Christian Jones bringing him back for real I think uh, you know uh, I, I I don't like uh, giving up KPL uh, you know I think bringing, bringing Christian Jones back is kind of an effort to bring a guy in like that uh, so I'm, 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 I'm happy with him yeah, Joel Iwe Beniwe is what you're looking for. Uh, and Iggy is definitely not it. He is a special teams player. So is Josh Woods. Uh, never really been a fan of that guy. He's uh, he's almost like the defensive version of Josh Bellamy. He's kind of flashy and talks too much for a guy that's really just not that good. Uh, it comes down those to Roquan. And- those are your two backups, though. Like, isn't that a terrifying thought? Uh, yeah, I mean, Christian uh, yeah. Jones is probably your backup, uh, for both spots for Roquan and Danny. Uh, Danny apparently looks much better, uh, in camp, has lot lo- not lost weight, but has at least, you know, retained or, uh, refound that, uh, 
that athleticism that you know kind of made him what he was a few years ago uh and he's a he's the he's a good defensive leader he's a good clubhouse guy i like danny trevathan he's getting up there in age but uh he gives us another year of of production that's fantastic they are going to have to find somebody to put next to roquan I said it last week. I love Christian Jones. I thought he played well for us, you know, back in the day, three, four years ago. He was an undrafted free agent that we brought in. Uh, he can he can fill a lot of different spots. Uh, you know, the KPL uh, comparison is good, and not necessarily in talent wise or skill set, uh, but just in the the role that they'll fill. You know, and the talent that they do have with uh pace's ability to identify these guys that can contribute uh kpl kind of came out of nowhere and and played really well and contributed i think uh, christian jones can do the same thing uh this defense kind of relies on your fronts your front four front five guys to kind of hold up the offensive line while your linebackers run around and make plays and i think that's exactly what christian jones can do yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I do like the Jones signing. I just – the Bears have to – like you said, we want to worry about 2021, but they have to – um, Danny Trevathan. They, they just have to. And like I said, I'm not a huge fan of, of this depth. If we have one injury, God forbid, two, the Bears are in a whole world of trouble. I think they might have to bring someone else in this room to, to compete eventually. And I'm yeah, Krogman. Sure. It's the Gator show, dude. Joe Gator can jump in there and uh, play middle linebacker. You got the size. You're much young. You're much younger than me. Eleven yeah. years younger. So, I think 31 sounds much better than 42. I think I, I think all Bears fans everywhere would be uh, unhappy with either uh, of those options. There. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, uh, let's go to the secondary. I mean, this is now. This is a, a position. I think everywhere in the secondary, both safety and cornerback, I think the Bears have decent depth at. So, um, you know, we, Jalen Johnson, I mean, this is his year. He's going to be cornerback one. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Um, across from him, you're going to have Desmond Trufant most likely, and then backups for them, Artie Burns, Kendall Vildor, Trey Robertson, Duke Shelley, Tease Tabor, and Xavier Crawford. I mean, uh, the last few guys probably don't offer you much value, but Artie Burns, Duke Shelley, Kendall Vildor, Trey Robertson probably offer you some value in a secondary there. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they if one of those guys ends up getting cut. But, uh, Joe, I'm going to swing it over to you. I mean, what do you think of this cornerback room? Um, do you like the depth? And who do you think is the starting nickel corner? Oh, man, I'm nervous about the I'm nervous about the defense of the backfield. Uh, I, I think Jalen Johnson has shown us that he can do uh, cornerback one duties for sure. Uh, but Desmond Trufant, I'm not in love with as a second option. I know that that was an area that we had to kind of uh, go for some value, uh, opting to let Kyle Fuller walk over uh, <laughs> Jimmy Graham. Uh, but uh, so we kind of get going for some value there. And I, I'm not also in love with Artie Burns either um as kind of like that next man up uh but but you know in pace we trust he's there he's watching them every day it's, their jobs are on the line uh and you asked to, the, the starting nickel guy i think we talked about it in, in one of our earliest podcasts uh luke i think we're looking at a guy like thomas graham i think we're looking at a guy like thomas graham or kendall vildor 
you know, I, I'm, I'm going to lean Thomas Graham just because I'm more, I'm, I'm just a, a, an optimist and I, you know, maybe I, the rookie can step into a large role on this defense. I don't know why he wasn't even listed on ESPN's depth chart. I honestly forgot about Thomas Graham and uh, you were totally right. He's part of this cornerback room and will definitely make the team. And I think it'll be between him and Kendall Vildor competing for that uh, nickel spot. Uh, Chris, how do you feel about the cornerbacks on the Chicago Bears roster right now? I I mean, obviously, there's guys that aren't super proven on this roster. Jalen Johnson has uh, all-world talent. Hopefully, he stays healthy, like you said. Desmond Trufant is, if he's available, is serviceable like a uh, – good God with names today. Uh, well, I mean – Prince of Mukamura was a few years ago. I think Desmond Trufant can fill that same type of role. What I'd really like to see is Kendall Vildor step up, take that right cornerback spot away from him, and Duke Shelley start in the corner or in the nickel nickel spot if Graham's not ready. And it's probably Graham that'll uh, jump into that nickel spot eventually, and Shelley can fill the role of you know swing corner playing pretty much all three uh and you know i don't i don't hate Artie burns he's he's hurt he didn't play great in pittsburgh he was a first round pick but uh he's 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 another body uh and then you know your trey robertson's your michael joseph's uh those guys were were talked about as yeah they are special teams value but they were talked about as potential you know spots that could that could work their way into some to some snaps and obviously you don't want to rely on them tease Tabor is complete trash he will not make this team Uh, the Robertson kid is the CFL guy who got hurt prior okay just making sure I was on the same page correct there was a lot of hype around him last offseason or last offseason heading into the year before he hurt himself Bears fans hype up anything with legs. Can't listen to them. It's just Where's like, oh, uh, this, this dude was a Hall of Fame Pop Warner player. Oh, let's put him on the depth chart. He's going to start for us and rush for 3,000 yards. Where's that giant six foot four, two twenty 220 corner that everybody wanted to Denmark, move? Steven Denmark. Yeah, oh, Steven Denmark now. God. Chris, uh, I literally got in a fight with someone last year because I told them, I literally said, Steven Denmark is effing garbage. And some guy was in my mentions telling me that Steven Denmark was like going to be like the next freaking Darrell Revis and that he was showing me his highlights from like Valdosa State and like all this crazy shit. And I was like, dude, he is going to be awesome. Terrible. Man. Give him more time. He's been in camp for like four years and he hasn't done anything. Like Please. that guy's tape. You couldn't find. You could not find tape on that guy that you could play on a digital machine. It was like I found some grimy ass tape on that dude. <laughs> and he was. Awesome. You couldn't tell. You couldn't even tell what was going on. You couldn't tell. He, 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 he was amazing. He's a future all pro. <laughs> he looked like uh like oh god whatever doesn't matter. Uh, this cornerback room is going to be fun, though. I think I, I, I honestly think we have some potential talent here. I like I like me some Kendall Vildor, and the like rumors out of out of camp is that he has been showing up and flashing a ton. So you get Kendall Vildor, Jalen Johnson, both of them stay healthy. You got Duke Shelley or uh, Thomas Graham in the cornerback spot, and then you got a bunch of other dudes that can fill in the dime rolls. Uh, and then you know, let's talk about some safety. 
Ooh, Eddie Jackson, I'm hoping that you step back into your 2019 form, my friend. Uh, changing the number, getting your old swag back. I wonder and worry as an Eddie Jackson fan if it's just a uh, a mental kind of uh, what a, a placebo placebo effect. Uh, changes his number. I'm hopeful that it correlates with uh, with with. with, with an increased output in, in, in play. Uh, obviously, we all know that he struggles sometimes in a uh, run run fits, uh, in tackling in open field. Uh, I, I have some guns to pick. I mean, I think Chuck Pagano just. I I don't like to make excuses, but he used him so wrong. Like nothing was worse than seeing Eddie Jackson like walked up on the line of scrimmage and like doing all this crazy shit. Like. The thing that makes Eddie Jackson excel, which is what Vic Fangio, basically what Vic Fangio's is to a T, is, is shifting of the safeties last minute to put them in positions where they are outnumbering the offense on the strong side of the field. So basically right before the ball is snapped, Eddie Jackson will shift over to another position. Quarterback won't see him, and he'll throw a blind pass, which we've seen Eddie Jackson take to the house millions of times. When Chuck Pagano came in here, we saw him in all kinds of awkward positions, and he just wasn't using the guy right. So, yeah, you're right, Joe. He does need to step up this year. You know, the Bears gave him his payday. He needs to step up, be a leader of this defense. And, uh, I, I mean, this is what the Bears' defense needs. If they're, if they're going to be relevant and the Bears are going to be good this year, the Bears' defense needs to create some points, period. And Eddie Jackson is the guy to do that. Chris, I mean, I saw you shaking your head. You agree with me. Go off. I mean, Chuck Pagano was just terrible at using Eddie Jackson last year. 100%. I cannot believe I saw Eddie Jackson. Like, the Joe mentioned it, and the guy, he's not the most willing tackler, all right? Like, Kyle Fuller. He's a business decision guy. I know. Right. He's a business decision guy. He definitely is. He's making business decisions, and that business decision got him a lot of money. Well, the thing that got him a lot of money is that he is one of the most uh, intelligent center field free safeties in the league. The guy can see things coming well before they happen. That's why you see him take Matthew Stafford to the house You know, at the end of the game. That's why you see him pick off Kirk Cousins left and right. I mean, he is just – he's so in, – his intangibles and his intelligence – don't lend itself to being stuck in the box with eight, nine guys surrounding him, getting him all swarmed up in the middle of shit. He needs to be backed up off the line, reviewing the field, seeing the whole picture, making moves and going back to that, that corner or that, uh, that free free safety center field type role. I, I was so confused with what Pagano was doing with them last year, especially when you come out and say like, Oh yeah, he's like an Ed Reed. Well, like, yeah, Ed Reed could bring the boom, but Ed Reed's value was in like interceptions. You know, everybody talked about Ed Reed versus Troy Polamalu. They were completely different players. Troy Polamalu's jumping over the, the line of scrimmage and making sacks and Eddie, Ed Reed's back there, you know, picking people off. So they're two different players in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I missed something. But that's what I see Eddie Jackson's value at is is being the center fielder and just kind of the the leader of that secondary, the captain of the 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 the, the pickoff patrol. I mean, he should be doing tons of interceptions this year. And I, if I see something different out of Sean Desai, I'll be massively disappointed. Lucas called it out. It's a cover four. You're going to confuse the quarterback, shift guys around, make things happen at the last second to where they don't know where the coverage is. And then you're going to blanket that strong side and force 
the, either force the quarterback to do something stupid or you're going to have it so over covered that you're going to get turnovers that way. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how this defense kind of changes back into that turnover machine that we saw in 2018. No, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but I think you're going to see a lot more of that than you saw in the last couple of years with Vagano. Uh, unfortunately, you know, something happened to Chuck where, you know, he used to be super aggressive and, you know, defenses were, were fearing fearful. People were scared of Chuck Pagano defenses and, you know, in Indianapolis, they just weren't it. I know they didn't have the talent to do it necessarily, but he definitely had the talent in Chicago and it just, it just wasn't there. So what do you think about the strong safeties there, uh, Mr. Lucas? Yeah. So, I mean, we're bringing uh, Sean Gibson back. Uh, we have Jordan Lucas, who it was he was suspended last year, right? We picked him up from the Chiefs, and I think he got suspended last year. I don't think he actually played for us. Um, so he's here. Marquet Christian, uh, DeAndre Houston Carson, who's been a lifetime special teamer for the Bears, and then Deion Bush is also in that mix. So a bunch of solid role players. I mean, I don't think any of these guys are, are super flashy or going to get a ton of playing time. I mean, we saw Deion Bush is, like, old reliable for the Bears. I mean, he's been on this roster for a few years. He knows this defense, and he's just – he's always – playing mean, meaningful snaps um didn't he have like a really big interception to seal a game last year yes was that was that the carolina game i can't remember but yeah he 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 filled in last year he's, uh, he's a solid gibson was down yeah he definitely is yeah and, and i like the gibson signing i mean i think he pairs well with eddie jackson um i kind of like having two ball hawks back there um i mean even though it, Gibson is the strong safety. I think he does. He does have a good eye uh, for the ball. We'll we'll pick off some passes thrown his way. So, um, yeah. Well, that's I, what he was. That's what he was doing in Houston. And then we brought him here to be some tackle machine in the box. And right. again, misused. Uh, I, I didn't really understand. You know, and a lot of people didn't understand the signing at the time. You know, if you're going to have a Chuck Pagano type defense, you almost need like an Adrian Amos, which somehow he turned into like a free safety ball hawk. But uh, Dion Bush is probably the closest thing to a, a, a you know a drop the boom kind of player. I haven't exactly. really got to see a, a, a lot of Jordan Lucas. I know a lot of people are high on Marquis Christian uh, and DeAndre Houston Carson. You know that's a guy that he he makes tons of special teams plays. I, I like having him on the special teams field. He's your uh, Sherrick McManus. Thank you. Yeah, he's your <laughs> Sherrick McManus. Um, yeah, I have no no issues with DeAndre Houston Carson being that guy. And he's another, you know, late round safety. I think they drafted like four safeties in that draft. It was like Bush, DeAndre Houston Carson, and then that dude we moved to Philly. Uh whatever uh, his name was. Doesn't matter. Uh so I, I like the same. <laughs> no, it wasn't even him. Oh man, what was the guy's name? It doesn't matter. Uh so Sean Gibson, uh Eddie Jackson are your clear cut starters. Just Dion Bush is is serviceable, and then you got Lucas Christian and Houston Carson. I think I think all six of these dudes have a shot at making the roster, even if they're you know filling in different roles. I think Houston Carson can play nickel if he has to. Uh, I don't know, you know, if Lucas was Lucas is the one I'm not you know not super familiar with in Christian, but I think all these guys have a have a shot to make the roster. So what do you got for us on this bear safety room? 
I think y'all hit a, a lot of it. I mean, the, you got to use 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 the guys to their skill set. Um, I, I I like Dion Bush. He he fill he fills in okay. He's a nice little uh, rotational piece. Uh, and, and I think Tayshawn Gibson can be a, that player right next to Eddie Jackson. I'm just interested to see what uh, Sean Desai actually puts out on the field and how it looks on the field. I know a lot of people like. I mean, he's a Fangio disciple, so we're hopeful to get back to some of the some of those looks and some of those uh, disguises and from the old big Fangio days. If he can get if he can get that going up front, then it can make life easy on the back end of the secondary. So I, you know that's really what it's all going to come down to is how Sean Desai, you know, assimilates and, and steps into the role as defensive coordinator. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm looking forward to seeing Desai. Uh, one of the guys I follow on Twitter, uh, Brandon uh, Robinson is a big fan. Uh, has broken down, you know, multiple uh, ways that Desai is going to use this defense and is pretty excited and it's got me pretty excited. So I, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to see, you know, us going back to a Fangio style defense, which a lot of the league could be moving to with, uh, you know, it being a passing league. Uh, so looking forward to seeing Desai. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I think we rolled through the whole defense there, uh, covered everything. Big things to look out for that D line, linebacker depth, not looking great. Um, you know, kind of. I would say secondary depth is good. A bunch of different uh, kind of skill sets there and uh, a bunch of guys who that's where I think the biggest camp battle is going to be is with those D-backs. I mean, you probably can't keep them all, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what the Bears do, who the hut. And again, up front, man, front five, whatever the Bears are running, uh, however many guys they have walked up the line to to get get to the QB. I mean, that's what this Fangio didn't really blitz when he was here. I mean, it's really going to come down to can those guys get home. True, there's a lot riding on Robert uh, Robert Quinn's foot here this season. I mean, that's seriously for us not bringing pressure. That's we need them guys to get home. Hicks bounce back. Quinn to be healthy. Bilal Nichols take a huge step. Khalil Mack to to break double digit sacks this year. We'll see. Can can they do it, guys? I don't know. We'll find out. We're starting camp in two days. So uh, thank you all for listening to us on the Believe in Monsters podcast tonight. I want to remind you to follow my friend Chris Krogman at, at ShyBears1985 on Twitter. Uh, my friend, my friend Luke Berry at Lberry underscore forty. Make sure you follow the podcast too. Chris has been doing a great job getting our follower count up. You can find us at Monsters Lounge on this Twitter machine. We are a, a proud member of the Lounge Room Network, brought to you by One Call Technology. Are we ready to close it out in style or no? Are you going to sing with me this week, Chris? I'm always ready to sing with you, Joe. All right, I'm all right. I got the lyrics right here for you since we're giving the hard times right now. All right. <laughs> Bear down, Bear down, Chicago Bears. Bears. Wait to the to Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up, Put up a fight with the might so fiercely. We'll never forget the way you thrill the nation. 
with your T-formation down Chicago Bears and let them know why you're wearing crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois Chicago Bears Bear down Chris, that was poor participation. We gotta get, we gotta get more from you. Lucas was weak. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube